Unfiltered, the official Sunderland AFC podcast. Welcome to episode four of SAFC Unfiltered with me, Frankie Francis, and I'm joined as ever by Danny Collins. How are you doing, Danny? I'm good, thanks, Frankie. And you? Very well, thank you very much. Um, we've had three friendlies uh, since the last time we spoke on one of these podcasts. Uh, we have got a guest coming up in a second, but uh, a little reflection on those uh, those friendly games, Danny, uh, from a you know the professional uh, perspective as well. How important are they to get those uh, friendlies? And a couple of them looked pretty competitive, didn't they? Yeah, they did, and that's what you want now. I mean, it's been a pretty quick turnaround, I think, obviously, from the end of last season in terms of when the league finished, not from when we finished, but um, from when the league's finished to, to getting up and running again for next season. It's quite a quick turnaround, so the lads have obviously been back in for, was it, two two to three weeks now, um, doing all the hard slogging, running, and getting back used to the balls, and then it's always nice to, to get back out and get a few competitive games into the legs, and, uh, you know, they've had three in a short space of time, and you don't really look at results into yes it's nice to win these games but it's it's more about as i say getting getting the legs used to getting the minutes in there 60 minutes 90 minutes preparing yourself ready for the start of the the season and uh, the, you know they've had a good build up and um, get ready for for next saturday now yeah, and we're going to be speaking to another first-team player this afternoon on the, the podcast, Unfiltered. I uh, hope you're all subscribed to this now, if you're not subscribed on all the platforms you're listening to the podcast on. Um, but we are going to speak to Max Power, who's going into his third season now at Sunderland. Are you a fan of Max Power? Do you like what you've seen of him over the last couple of seasons, Danny? Yeah, I think so. I think... Um... You know, he's coming into his third season. He will have probably expected us to be back into the championship by now. And, you know, certainly one of those two seasons, um, it's not happened. I think he's into his last year of his contract now coming into it. So he'll be feeling now that this is definitely the right time for, for not just for himself, for the club to, you know, third time lucky, if you like, in terms of getting out of this league. And, um, yeah, he'll have been disappointed, certainly, you know, with the playoff final a couple of years ago and, and just how last season finished. So, There'll be something in there for him, I think, you know, um, getting getting his teeth into it this season. He's obviously been captain in the team when Grant's not been available or, or out of the team. And, uh, you know, watching him on a Saturday, he's, he's, he does look the leader type. He gets about the lads when things aren't quite going to plan. And um, he looks like he's got that little narky side to him, should we say, what you what you need, I think, as a, as a leader, as a captain, to, to rile the lads when, when it's needed out there. Well, let's hopefully we can touch upon all those subjects as we speak to a Sunderland player, Max Power now. Right then, Max, how are you doing? Uh, you've just done pre-season, you've done all the friendlies now. We've came through a strange period of time due to COVID-19. But uh, how are you feeling? What kind of shape are you in And as we go into the season ahead? Yeah, good. Like I said, the, the last game was yesterday. Um, it's been obviously a real strange sort of six months with everything that's gone on. Um, it was just a weird feeling. Like you, it, that six months seemed to go on forever and then you're back in the dressing room. The last two games have been obviously back at the stadium. You're back in your kit and you're back in the tunnel. It just seems like a blur. Um, in terms of fitness-wise, I, I think a lot of the lads have come back really, probably, fit, probably the fittest they've ever been in their career purely because there was nothing else to do, was there really, other than keep fit um, during lockdown. So um, so in terms of general fitness, the lads are in really good shape. Um, and like, like I said, yesterday was, you know, we weren't quite firing yesterday. Um, pre-season friendlies can sort of like, 
you'll know as well as anyone, Danny, they can be they, they can be strange games at times. Like you could turn up and beat someone five nil uh, and everyone thinks, Oh, they're gonna win the league or you can turn up, lose a game and it's disaster type thing. Um the only thing that matters, obviously, is lads will always say, as long as you come through injury-free, get get the fitness, show signs, obviously. Don't get me wrong, you do want the performance to be good as well. But until that first game of the season comes, it's just, it is a, it, they always have a different feel to than than a proper game. So I'm not, I'm not suggesting you are pulling out of challenges or anything like that, but is that at the back of your mind when you're playing in these friendlies? Just, you know... Pass the ball about, get some minutes in your legs, that kind of thing. Is that the primary thought there? Yeah, I mean, obviously, when a tackle, once you're playing, if there's a tackle to be won, you'll win it. But obviously, without going over the top, you're on. I think there's always that sort of understanding between the two teams that you don't want it to be doing anything daft during a pre-season game. But to be fair, the last two games we've played, I've been pretty full on. Um, you know, we've played two physical sides in Carlisle and Harrogate, uh, and to be honest, I think they've they've been good. Good test for us, especially physically. You know, Harrogate were, a, again, a, an aggressive team yesterday. And sometimes that's good because that's obviously, it's probably what we're going to come up against. I've played pre-season games where it's, obviously when I was at Wigan, we played like, you'd play Liverpool, Everton. And it'd be great in terms of a bit of experience, but you wouldn't see the ball. Do you know what I mean? And it could become a bit false um, to what you're going to face during a season. So... I thought I think the friendlies have been good in that in that respect. Um, you know, certainly Harrogate yesterday, real physical fit side. So it was a good test. It took us a long time to break them down. We had some chances to to score earlier. Um, we weren't quite at our best again, and um, the sharpness is obviously still it's still creeping back in for some lads as well. So, uh, but all in all, it's, it's been good that like, we've come through it. Uh, picked up a few niggles yesterday, I think, for a few of the lads, but nothing too serious. So um, it's come around quick. Obviously, like I said, the whole game's next Saturday. So before you know it, yeah, we're back into things. And and what's that training been like? As have you what, what particular things have been working on? I mean, Daniel have more of an insight to this as well. But do you work on new ideas, new systems, new drills before a season, or is it just a case of getting that fitness up? Danny, I don't know if, if you can relate to any of this. Yeah, no, obviously, Max touching on it there. I was just thinking of the game yesterday, watching it, and um, the one on Josh going, wasn't it? Second half, the uh, the Harrogate lad wasn't pulling out of that one, and it was a tasty 50-50, albeit pre-season. He's, I think he'd come off with a knock, did he? Did he feel that one? What happens there, Danny? It's just precautionary stuff, lads. I think the manager, obviously, with it being so close to the season now, there's... You know, I think yesterday we were trying to get as much minutes into everyone's legs as possible with it being the last, the last sort of um, yeah. last friendly. So, um, but I, I think the, I think it was a good game again. Like I said, going back to the physical side of things, you know, teams, especially in this division, and what we found over recent years, it's a, it's 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 a huge occasion when everyone comes to the stadium of light. Especially if you look at Harrogate yesterday, no, this, obviously this isn't any disrespect to them. They've just been promoted from the from the national league. So a trip to Stadium of Light, it, it's you. Whenever you come out the tunnel, you're, it is a wow stadium, isn't it? Lads lift their game to come and play there, don't they? As you say, a lot of these boys playing in the lower leagues perhaps won't get the chance to to come and play at stadiums like the Stadium of Light, in, you know, during their careers. And as you say, there they pull up at a, one o'clock on the bus on a Saturday afternoon, and oh, I'll have a bit of this, isn't it? It sort of raises them and they, you know, fires them up to go out there. And especially, you know, I've played there myself. And if if you get off to a bad start, Max, in front of you know, our fans in terms of, you know, 30,000 in League One, 
you get off to a bad start and it's not quite going and the fans get on your back. And again, that'll, that gives the opposition that little lift as well, doesn't it, when you're out there? So, you know, looking at the season ahead now, it's vital, and you'll know this along with the other boys, that it's vital that you start games well next season, get on the front foot early and set the pace of the game and the tone of the game and, and get after teams early on. We went through a, a really good spell, I thought, last season, Darren, when we, when we put a run together. There was a, there was a, a spell where you get the first goal, it's... Like you've just said, there it works both ways. <laughs> you go one nil down, it becomes a re- it can become really tough really quick. But on the flip side, you get on that front foot and you get that first goal. It's everyone like the stadium, the fans lift, players lift, everyone responds to it. And I think it, we went for a spell. We beat I think it was the Lincoln at home. We were three nil up. Wickham at home, three nil up. It's not always going to work that way. Um, but it's like you said, it's important that if we you don't give sides encouragements. Um, I mean, because like you said, it, what I like yesterday, Danny, and obviously take it you watched, um, there's going to be times this season where you, you don't blow teams away early on. So in that spell, it's just always important that you don't concede. Even though yesterday, pre-season friendly, the longer the game went, we're, we're always going to create chances. You're always going to get that chance. So um, I think if we keep the... I, I, I spoke to me and Bailey Wright was talking after the game yesterday. And we compared it to the the Ipswich at home game last season, close game, nil nil. And the later it went, I think Chris McGuire, yeah, Chris Chris he scored the winner. Um, and it just felt like that. The longer you stay in a game at any level, the longer it stays nil nil, um, you know you'll get that chance. And hopefully, I there's nothing wrong with with winning one nil, Danny. Is there? Do you know, like, of course not. No, especially as a centre half, mate. I'll take I'll take forty six one nils all day of the week. Hundred <laughs> um, percent. Yeah. No, I, I, as you say, mate, I think um, you know you've got to bide your time whether you score the winner in the first minute or the the ninetieth minute, and try and keep the fans on side. Yeah, it'd be great to go out there and blow teams away every week, wouldn't it? At home, and you know the expectation of of Sunderland being in League One, it, it is there from the fans. But uh, bide your time and say you can ch- chalk out results sometimes. You know it could be a horrible gritty one nil or a two one, but just stay in there, really, isn't it? And you know, just looking at yesterday there, Max, obviously you've, you've had two pre-season games there now in an empty stadium alight and that's how it's going to be for the first, well, depending how they're looking at letting fans back into the ground, maybe October they're saying. So it's a strange atmosphere, isn't it? You know, obviously you're, you've been leading the lads out while Grant's obviously not been in the squads or not playing. Um, great when you're coming out in front of 30-odd thousand in that stadium. It's going to be a bit strange, isn't it? Starting next season now when you're coming out there with no one in there. It's, it has been it has been strange. It's you 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 come off even for the warm up. It's just such a it's such a different subdued atmosphere. Um, and like yesterday, it's just you can hear everything that's going on in the stadium. You know at all times, and it's you know it's like that if you win a corner or you get a throw in it or a free kick in a good position, you normally hear that lift. And at the same time, if you know if you're under the cosh a little bit, you, you hear the the groans of it. It's, it's going to be strange. Hopefully, I mean. I don't know whether it was at the Chelsea Brighton game yesterday. Did they did I read they let a few fans in? I'm not sure. I might be wrong there. Um, I think they did, didn't they? Yeah. I, I know so. they've started maybe tra- trialing a few, and especially in the non-league, trialing a few, letting fans back in the stadium. So hopefully, you know, as long as it's safe to do so, you know, a lot of precautions are in place when we enter enter the stadium now. Obviously, temperature checks. Um, it's 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 daft because obviously we, we train with each other all week. And we're we're wrestling on the pitch and in the change room at the moment. There's you know separated. Um, you know, in the dressing room, yeah, we're all there's a space between each person. Um, I suppose it's just while it's still obviously still ongoing we've just got to sort of follow protocol and and hopefully like I said it's 
going back to before when you get that that early goal one nil and the place erupts. It's it, it, there's no obviously you've played for the club loads of times and it's it's no better place to be when you get it when you get in get in front and you're on the front foot. You know the game can be done and dusted in half an hour and then you just you just manage the game then so. Hopefully it won't be too long, like I said, October. It's it's not too far away, is it? That's right. It's not too far away and hopefully those fans will get in very soon. Max, before we get back into where we're at now, I want to quickly reflect on your time at Sunderland so far. You, you came in, you had a pretty um, wild start to your career at Sunderland, didn't you? You got those those red cards early on when you, you first came. A couple of, well, One was rescinded, wasn't it? And then you made your loan deal permanent. You had two trips to Wembley. Have you had time to reflect on your first season at Sunderland? It was pretty full on, wasn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? It's sometimes, because everything's always 100 miles an hour, you don't normally get time to reflect, but... You know, I look back to that first season. I've, I'd never had, I'd never had any red cards. Um, I've got never had any points on my driving license. I've got twelve through speed, like, not not through not through reckless driving, but just uh, like, like I said, I got three red cards. I've got twelve points on my license. I've got two Wembley trips, two defeats. So yeah, when you look at it in that respect, it's you know, it's 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 been disappointing in in terms of. You know, when I left Wigan, um, I fully expected and, and look, I remember, you know, we just got promoted back to the championship with Wigan and, you know, I'd be lying if I said I wanted to leave Wigan. I didn't because I wanted to, obviously, any footballer wants to play as high as they can. I was back in the championship and I thought, right, good, good age now to go and try and establish myself. When a club like of Sunderland stature is interested, it, it, Daniel tell you, it turn anyone's head, regardless of what division the club's in. And then when I, when you look when I look through the squad of players that were still at the club, I thought, you know, having just played in the division the previous season, I fully expected us to go straight up. Um, obviously, it's not worked out that way. And then obviously the following season, season, you know, who knows what would have happened, but the season cut short due to coronavirus. Um, you know, it's it's two years where you know it's not gone to plan. It's as plain and simple as that. And I think. You know, I'm in the final year of my contract at Sunderland, and you know I wouldn't shy away from the fact and saying if we didn't, if we didn't get promoted during me me time while I was here, um, I'd see it as a failure. So, hopefully, you know, third time lucky. It's yeah, it's it's been a bit of a whirlwind. It's the first time obviously I've li- I've lived away from home as well. Um, you know that's that's that can be tough. I've got three few three kids, but. Take all that aside, I've you know I can't I'm not complaining. I, I love her up here. My kids are all in school, settled up here. Um, you know, hopefully, if all goes to plan, I'd love us to get promoted and extend my stay. I want you know I'd love to be here as as long as possible. Um, you know, I'm I'm realistic to know I I'd do better. I, I well sorry I'd do well to to top playing for a, a better club than Sunderland. Um, you know I turned 27 last month, so you know I, I feel as if I'm coming into you know the so-called prime years, as it's, as it's said, and you know I'd love for us to to go out and get promoted this season, and and, and obviously get the club moving back in that direction. Um, it's been a tough six months because you know we didn't we didn't get we didn't get our goal of getting promoted. Coronavirus kicked in, um, so it was another obviously another season in League One. The clubs obviously had off-field issues going on as well, which you know. 
know, it's no secret that you know at the moment it, it seems as if the club's up for sale. I'm not sure. As players, you don't want, you don't tend to want to get involved in any of that, but it's pretty, it's pretty hard to to ignore with with so much coverage and nowadays social media um, is is huge, it, huge part of the game. So, you know, you only have to pick your phone up, and there's normally there's normally some sort of notification or some sort of headline. So, you obviously you're not oblivious to what's going on. So yeah, I've 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 I've, I've tailed a bit there, but yeah. Other than that, it's been um, I do love her up here. I just like I said in in terms of football, I'd, you know, I've got that burning desire to just get promoted. That's that's that is the aim. That is the reason I come here, and unfortunately, so far it's not been the case. Just touching on that there, Max. Um, obviously, you're saying, and I have the same thought process as yourself. You know, um, you, you do know what's going on in around what, with the boardroom and, and the owners and everything like that. But your main focus, as you say, is just trying to concentrate on doing the right things on the football pitch, isn't it? And this time, getting yourselves fit. You know, as I said, you know the expectations on your shoulders to get the club back up to the championship and. You just want to concentrate on the football inside of things, don't you? Let let whatever happens in the boardroom take care of itself, and then and then you do your jobs on the pitch. And with yourself there, you're saying you know you've just turned 27. Obviously, I've, I've mentioned that you, you've been wearing the armband when Grant's obviously not been in the squads or playing. Um, do you see yourself now as that sort of leader type? The the senior lads, obviously, Aiden's not involved at the minute. You've got Chris Maguire, who's probably a little bit older than yourself. Bailey's came back in, so we've got like a, a sort of senior spine to the squad, haven't we? And then you've got a lot of a younger lads in the squad. So do you sort of see yourself as that father figure, if you like, or that experienced head in the changing room now at 27? It, it's scary, Dan, because I was chatting to um, to Dan Neal, who's I'm looking at at the moment, and it, that is someone who you can get excited about. I, and I was chatting to him yesterday, and you realise he's only 18, and we were speaking the other day, and you quickly... Do become old in football, Danny, don't you? Flies, like, doesn't it, mate? Career flies. I think yeah. I think I I think I made my debut nine years ago in this September, and I was like, wow, it it, it starts dawning on you. I mean, Danny, you just sat through countless of them. The you have PFA meetings every sort of start of, start of each season and each year. It's like um, you know, uh, I think Richard Jobson or whoever comes in and talks about like doing other things, courses you can do and stuff after football and for years you're like what's he on about here do you know like yeah you know, just football's gonna last forever all of a sudden you got you think it's gonna go on forever and it's probably been in probably not so much even last year you know as soon as i went past 25 i thought you start edging closer towards 30 you do start thinking well i'm gonna mean i actually it is it creeps on you creeps up on you really quick so it's it's important this year now i'm quite excited i mean i look through the squad and i think Myself's at a good age now. Bailey Wright's come back in at a good age. We've got a, a good mix and blend of sort of lads coming through, um, lads at good ages who want to do well. And like you say, you've, you've got Chris Maguire, you've got Grant, the older senior figures, good players, great around the place. So we have got that good blend. Um, you know, Griggy scored yesterday. He's still at, people forget, you know, Will Griggs still at a, a good age. You know, he's. If we can get him firing, um, how do we get how do we get Will Grigg to fire? You know, score score more goals. Well, I think yesterday, touching on Dan Neil again, um, that goal Griggy scored yesterday is is sort of trademark Will Grigg. Is his movements? You know, people will turn up sometimes, and I think if you watch Will Grigg, he, he can look as if he's not sort of doing too much, 
And that's a bit unfair because it, anyone who understands properly understands the game. If you watch his movement, he's he's very clever. He's always on the shoulder, always looking to make runs in behind. And you know we've probably been guilty, um, you, you know, of of not not maybe getting him, not not creating them opportunities enough for him. Now, if you look at yesterday, the the pass Dan Neil played, you know, even before that he played another one shortly before that that just just overran to the keeper. Um, the way to pass for that, you know, Griggy's in my career, I play, he's the best sort of first time finisher I've played with. You know, I've seen him score many of them. So if you can get him in them positions more often than not, he will score. So, you know, that's that's something obviously, you know, it's it's something we need to improve on and because if if we can if we can do that, he he'll score twenty goals. And Danny, you, you being centre off, you know playing centre off, sorry, you, you, I feel as if it's a, it's a saying that's true. You you are only as a team is normally only as good as its strikers. Now that's a bit of a, unless you're creating them opportunities though. You know you can't then just for like 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 Griggy's not the type of player who's gonna go and be four players and stick one in the top corner. It's just not his game. But if you create them chances, he's a poacher type, isn't he, Max? Yeah. I was gonna ask you that, mate. Yeah, someone's actually tweeted in one of the fans and said, obviously you you played with him the, the two seasons you won the league, didn't you, at Wigan League One? And what's what has been the difference have you noticed really between playing with him there? And that is it the supply line because. Obviously, I was at a lot of the games last season and he looked a bit dejected at times and he looked a bit isolated from the rest of the squad. You know, when balls are coming up to him, as you said there, it's perhaps not his game, is it, to, to be fighting a big six-foot-four centre-half with the ball coming up to him round his neck. But he did look a bit low on confidence and he's that poacher type who needs needs chances, needs balls coming into the box, doesn't he? I think, I think again, that it was touching what I said earlier about not wanting to leave Wigan. I seen Griggy done a Griggy done an interview during lockdown that come out and it was a bit of not obviously not not controversial. He was just being honest and at the time it was deadline day in January that his family was settled and all of a sudden you're in a car, you you you're on your way and you you make a split decision and before you know it you're at a new club and it's it can take time, can't it? Now um, he looks as if now he, you know people forget again as well. Footballers are only human, Dan, and he probably will admit that his confidence was low. Like as a striker, if you're not scoring goals and that's what's expected of you, it you know it creeps up your hand. You know, I think if you look at the the clubs Griggy's played for, um, you know he's played for Walsall, MK Dons, Brentford, Wigan. I think if you add, you've had if you add all of their sort of attendances together, it probably adds up to what Sunderland get at home. So it's something different for Griggy as well, that pressure of playing for Sunderland as a striker, Danny. Over the years, you know, you've had Kevin Phillips, Jermaine Defoe, all these lads who've, you know, are Premier League Premier League players have done well. So I think being a striker for Sunderland does carry a certain weight. Um, again, obviously, with the price tag that come with Griggy at this level as well, I think all them things do accumulate and, and build pressure. But for me, he, this preseason, he looks as if he's. I'd not say he put weight on, but you always know, Danny, when someone looks a bit leaner and he looks sharp again. He looks, he looks his old self. He looks like he's got a spring back in his step, um, and that can only be good for us, you know. To, you know, I, I, people have prop, so people I'd, I'd say would would have written Griggy off, whereas now he's looking. He, he looks as if he looks like a new signing. 
So to go and sign a striker of Grigi, of like if of Grigi, you'd have to spend a lot of money again in this window. Then. And now if he's come back and looking the way he is, um, you know, yesterday he'll tell you like in the in the past twelve months, I wouldn't have fancied him on that chance. Whereas I've seen him back in training, hitting the net all the time in training. And yesterday, as soon as Dan played that pass, I was expecting the net to ripple, which which is a good feeling going into the season. Does that, so, does that mean that the, the gaffer is going to be looking at personnel changes in the start and 11 to accommodate f- for that or maybe a different approach in, in formation? Is that something that's been spoken about, Max? Not that well, I, I'll leave that to the manager, Frank. It's, it's one of them things where I think, you know, it's, it, it's tough because, again, pre-season, you know, I look at, you know, take Charlie, for instance. You know, Charlie, like, sometimes Charlie takes a lot of, a lot of criticism, a lot of flack. In that on that run we went on last season, I think the amount of work he put in sometimes goes unnoticed. He brought out the best in Lyndon Gooch and Chris Maguire. But again, you know, it, it's tough because strikers ultimately always get judged on goals. And I think sometimes, you know, you, you, you I feel a bit sorry for Charlie because he can put a right shift in and then come off the pitch. He's not scored, but maybe Gucci scored, Chris Maguire scored, and you know. As a t- from a team point of view, it's great because, um, you know, as long as you win the game, you move on. It's great for a, for a midfielder and, and centre half who are on the pitch. You know, we're we're going on the pitch hoping to win the game, so we don't care who scores. But that but strikers always have that personal, personal self. That's why the strikers that they're normally the most selfish on the pitch. They want to score. Um, so hopefully, I mean, you know, it'd be great to to get all our front men firing. It's good to have competition. You know, and like I say before, you know, if, if Will Griggs come back and, and he looks as sharp as he has done, uh, it, it's only going to benefit benefit us. Sorry, this season. You mentioned uh, Charlie White getting some some stick as well and some flack. Uh, Max, I think you're responsible for a lot of it on social media. You seem to uh, enjoy taking the, the the make out, particularly his, his hair. Um, how does is, does he take this all well? Is is this okay? Yeah, no, me and Charlie we got on really well. Um, I don't think it's any secret now. He, he he had a little trip to to Turkey. What was it last summer or the summer? I think it was last summer. It's the be- I think the best way to describe it I've seen is his hairline is probably as good a comeback since Istanbul, Liverpool against AC Milan. I've seen that <laughs> a few times. Um, but no, do you know Char- Charlie's a great lad and he, he he really cares about his football. He's desperate to do well. I think he'll tell like he knows he wants to score more goals. Um, and again, it's for us. It's it's for us finding to to get the best out of Charlie Wagon to to get the best out of Will Grigg. You know, we have to. You know, Charlie's. If you look at Charlie's previous spells at other clubs, he thrives on balls into the box, quality balls for him to go and attack. Now, Griggy's a completely different player. Griggy relies on sliding balls down the side of centre halves, first time finishes, getting across his man. So. Regardless of who's on the pitch, you know it's 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 up to us as players to to bring the best out of them lads. Yeah. So touching on that, Max. There, I mean, obviously, without giving too much away, the gaffer seems to prefer the the three four three or the yeah three four three. You'd say is probably his preferred with obviously Gucci and, and Chris Maguire either side of one of the strikers. Now, is he looking at perhaps working on different formations in training? And <clears throat> obviously, with if Will's looking sharp in training, and he, I know he does like a big man up there, so. Whether he goes with Charlie, do you think he might look at playing two at times? Do you think this season or? Yeah, I, I think with that formation we play, Danny, you can. We play with sort of say two sort of like narrow number tens off Charlie. Where I think in different stages of games you could flip that and go two up front and just one number ten. 
I look back at the Coventry game away last season and we did try that and we, we said after the game, you know, it, it just become a bit disjointed because we hadn't sort of, we were on such a great run playing that formation at one point. Um, we sort of, we didn't, I'm not saying we didn't have a plan B, but when we did go to that, we hadn't done as much work as probably we'd want, we, we wanted to. So there is time, I, I do think there is times this season, especially at home, you know, I understand how a fan's mentality is. They like seeing two up top, balls in the box and, and stuff like that. So I think different games than throw up different yeah. different scenarios. So <clears throat> after look at the um, opposition and see what they're about as well, don't you? So, yeah, of course, yeah. 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 So hopefully I mean, you know, we've worked on things already during pre season for for when that's the case. Um and even yesterday, we spoke after the game. I thought, I thought one of the main problems we had yesterday, probably first half, Danny, was when a team Harrogate come and they sort of locked on all over the pitch, wanted to to pressurise. They were a fit side, and I think we probably didn't stretch the game enough. You know, there's nothing wrong with you played centre half, then there's nothing worse when you're running back towards your own goal. It's not saying we're going to launch it, but it's it's a clever ball the pitch, down the side yeah. to stretch the yeah. pitch. And the longer the game goes on, that's when the spaces open up. So um, I think that helps when you have got two men up there as well. But as well, that's where our number 10s as well have been told they can take off, run on behind and, and then Charlie comes short. So I, I'm really optimistic. You know, it's, it's been a tough, like I said, it's been a tough period for the last six months. I think when I look back at lockdown, I think the, the toughest part was when sort of the, the playoffs restarted Um and you're watching games, and you, and that's when it really kicked in that it was going to be another season of of not getting promoted. But um, you know we can hit the ground running, Danny, and and it's just momentum and just get used to winning games. And like I said earlier, there's nothing wrong with winning one nil if we if we can blow teams away. Great. If not, I think we on a, we went on a real good spell last season where I didn't think we were particularly playing well. We went to Tramier away, Oxford away, won games one nil. Um, you know, and I think the injury to Bailey in that Oxford away game sort of rocked us a bit because we we had a real settled side at that point and the consistency was running through the team and we we sort of knew that if we weren't playing well we'd keep a clean sheet and we'll we'll nick a goal. So we've managed to obviously bring Bailey back, which is great. Um so hopefully we can build on what we had last season and take it into this season. You mentioned Bailey there. He's one of the first names to make a deal permanent this for this season. Can you see any more new faces coming in? Yeah, I, I imagine so. It's Frank, it's it, you know it's it's no sort of secret. The salary cap that's that's been brought in has has probably disrupted a lot of a lot of work that had gone on. Um, obviously touching on that, that uh, you know I, I can't believe it's been brought in so quickly with sort of no transition period um you know as players uh, you, you know you know you ask any player at the moment I hope I can't see anyone sort of agreeing with it I'm not sure how long whether it's here to stay whether it's been brought in due to COVID-19 and, and people are you know using that as not an excuse but a, you know a time where you know, finances are going to be stretched with, especially with no fans coming in stadiums and stuff. I understand that fact, like, obviously, you know, for everything, not just football, it is testing time. So, um, with regards to transfer business, I imagine that it is, 
it has disrupted a lot of things. Um, I can't imagine that. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's also the, the size of the squad is very important, isn't it? And strength in numbers because you, you're going to be squeezing in a lot of games in a, in a, a less, in a smaller period of time as well. You know, the first season you had with us, we had like the 64, 65 games or something mad like that. It's going to be Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, you know, Monday, Tuesday. There's going to be games squeezed in everywhere, isn't there, next season? So you need that strength in the squad. I think, especially with the, the Checker Trade Trophy, or I don't, I'm not sure what it's called this year with the EFL Trophy, but, you know, when you when you play for Sunderland, it's it's a lot of, you know, you, you see people say, and there's always opinions about going out of cups and stuff, but winning's a great habit, and... What what whatever anyone says, it's a trip to Wembley and a chance to win a trophy. And winning games only you know creates more com- breeds more confidence. Sorry, throughout a squad. So I imagine this season is going to be a hectic hectic schedule. But I mean, I think the pleasing f- thing, Frankie, is that we've come back and like I touched on before, Dan Neil's come back to pre-season. You know, he, he looks a real talent. You know, there's I'm sure you've played with young lads in your career, Danny, where sort of you know, they come like he's coming to training, and he does things where you go, "Wow!" Do you know, like it's every now and again you see sort of talented players where you think they really catch the eye. And I sort of he's been training, training really well. He's a really nice lad. And then the other night against Carlisle, um, obviously I played an hour. He come on for the last half an hour, and there was times in that you know when you obviously I come out to watch, and I seen things where you go, "Oof!" Like it. It makes you sort of like, yeah. And then he, again, yesterday he comes on. He looks. It just looks so easy for him, you know. For eighteen year old, come on, lovely slide pass for Griggy, sets up a goal. So, and again, not just not just Dan Jack Diamonds come back. He look. He's a real talent. Hopefully, this is Elliot Embleton's breakthrough season. If we can keep him fit, he's technically one of the best players I've seen. Um, you know. For someone, so I think a good a good mark of knowing someone's technically good is he can take corners with both feet. Yeah, well, I, I played I played with him, Max, down at Grimsby a couple of seasons ago. He was on loan for the season, wasn't he? And I remember right, saying to yeah, him, in, yeah. I said to him in training, "What's your What's your best foot?" And he goes, "I don't really know." As, as you say, he'll go and take a corner from the right with his right foot, and then go across the other side. And technically, very good in and around the box. Any in the number ten for me is his, probably his best position. Uh, I've, we've come off. You come off the training ground sometimes, and you go, "Wow!" I think it's just. I think Elliot's at that age now where he knows that he he needs to stay fit. I know it's, it must be tough for him because last season was. I thought last season he was brilliant in pre-season, and then he done his hamstring away at Sheffield United in the cup, which was unfortunate. He had a little niggle the other day, nothing too serious, but again, Danny, he's someone who sees that sees that pass that other players don't. Um, He's a nightmare to play against in training because, like you said, then he can go either way, shoot off both feet. Yeah. I think a lot of the times, um, you know, it's it's when you play against players in training and you know what sort of foot they are, you can you can get your body shape where you know they're going to go. Yeah. With Embo, yeah. he can go either way. So, I mean, it's a you know, it's exciting times for yeah. There's nothing better than seeing young lads come through, Danny, and and do well, especially when they come through the they come right through the academy. And again, I know. You know, there's been a lot made of. I know a lot of young lads have moved on in recent years, been sold. Um, so hopefully, you know that you, we've got three lads there who have come into the squad and, and be like new signings, and it reflects well on the academy. And I think it always gives fans a lift seeing one of their own come through and do well. So 
hopefully, you know, that those three lads can make a real impact this season. Yeah, you mentioned in the academy there, Max. Uh, you obviously came through at Tranmere, one of your former clubs, and another one of your former clubs, Wigan, haven't had the best time uh, recently, have they? You know, Tranmere being so cruelly relegated, and Wigan have been the victim of some bizarre ownership issues. Have you got any um, any thoughts on your previous teams and where they've found themselves at the moment? Oh, well, the, the Tranmere one was, you know, if you look at... I, I, I always look at the, I think it was with five games to go in the championship, the bottom five completely changed by the end. So the the, the lads who were, uh, the team, sorry, who were in the bottom five in the championship with five games to go, none of them went down. So, you know, for Tramia, they, I'm sure, I think they had a, a game in hand and they were one point behind who was in front of them. To get relegated that way is obviously, you know, it... it Obviously, it affected us as well the way the season finished because, like I said, you know, if the if the season was to was to carry on, I know we had played a couple of games more, um, but a lot can happen. I think we had seven games left. A lot can happen in seven games. So for Tramway to be relegated by, obviously, a computer system is obviously you know it's it's devastating for them because they had back to back promotions. The club was on the up. They were hoping to sort of stabilise it back in League One and, and build from there. So to, to to have that taken away from them out of their hands was obviously was a huge blow. And, and with what's gone on at Wigan, it's it, it's actually scary. And, you know, I'm looking at it now and I'm, I am I remember when Berry were in the same situation 12 months ago, you know, I'm everyone thinks, oh, someone will come in and buy them, someone will save them, and they never did. So, I'm I, you know, I'm praying that that doesn't happen to Wigan. Because you know everyone's saying the right things of it, there'll be a takeover. But before you know it, it creeps up, and you know that club is you know, obviously you know it's a it's a huge part of the community there. It's, it's a lot of people's lives. It's a really, it's you know it's it's a it's a great football. Of any you ask it, most players who've played there, they they really enjoy the time there. Um, it's it's not a huge football club, but you speak to anyone, it's a it's a real good family sort of community club, um, tightness, and, you know, really probably punched above the way for the past 10 to 15 years, Premier League, Europe, they, they got a, obviously won the FA Cup, you know, played in Europe, so they've had really good times. Um, I'm just hoping, like I said, someone comes in and, and, and obviously buys the club and, and makes sure that they, obviously, you know, we don't have another Berry situation. So just looking ahead to the, to the season as well then, Max, I mean, obviously you see that, the odds and the bookies' favourites last last week. Obviously, we've come out on top as being the favourites. But when you're looking down some of the teams that are in League One for I next season, it's frightening, isn't it? Really, you know, you've, obviously you got your Ipswiches will be up there. Your Peterborough maybe again, and the teams that have come down. So it's not going to be a stroll in the park, is it? Next year, you think? No, I think if you look, if you look on paper, then it's probably the strongest it's been in terms of stature of football clubs for a long time. And um, you know, there's some huge football clubs and. And even you know you, you you go through the big names and then after that you've got Fleetwood who are who are going to be competitive again. Oxford, there's some good sides. There'll be Peterbread. There's a lot of teams who who really fancy the chances this year. Um, I think playing for Sunderland, Danny, like, like you know, it's you're always going to have that pressure um, and that expectation. You know, it's 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 up to us as players to deal with that. And I think we've just for me, Danny, you know, especially after having that six months stuck at home and. You, you you see like you you start missing football a lot of the time that you know you end up lads put too much pressure on themselves and it affects the performance when really it's just just go out try and enjoy yourself 
and 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 embrace embrace the pressure. You're playing for a huge football club, unbelievable stadium, unbelievable f- facilities, and a lot's always made about like Sunderland. It's a tough club to play for. The fans can turn. For me, it's that's any football club. I played for Tramia where there's five thousand fans, and if it's not going well, they get on your back. It's just football. But one thing you know is, and you can tell, the fans at Sunderland. They're, they're desperate to get behind you. So if you give them something to, to shout about, if you play on the front foot, the, the, the fans respond to that. So for me, you know, it's, it's I've, I see it as a privilege. I understand, you know, I live in the area. I understand how much the football club means to, to the fans. And it's, it must be tough. You know, you're in the Premier League for so many years. You have so many good times. And then you find yourself in League One, um, you know, for us as players, we probably it probably is in terms of you know it, it's it is a I was going to say it is a tough time to play for the club, but I don't I don't view it that way. But you know, playing for Sunderland League One, then you are expected to win every week. So you know, when when you've got that added pressure, you know, we have to we have to deal with it better than we probably have done. Um, and like I said, it's maybe for us as players as well. Except. Except, you know, except that winning one, winning games one nil is as good as winning games four nil. Come the end of the season, as long as you've got if as long as you've got that promotion, no one even remembers the games, Danny Dooley. Whether you play well or not, of course, the 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 performance is always obviously an added bonus. You want to play well, so you know you don't want to be churning out one nil wins every week. I'm not saying that, but you know, throughout a season, you're going to go through period. You're going to go through periods where you're flying, you, you can put teams to the sword. It's just always finding that way to win. Um, so, like I said, I, I'm really I'm really looking forward to the season. Hopefully the fans are back in before before long and then we can hit the ground running. You mentioned the, the fans there, Max. Uh, I think it's time to take some fan questions if you're okay with this. So we went to, uh, the, on Twitter, the official uh, Twitter page went out and uh, asked uh, the Sun supporters what they wanted to know from you. The first one we'll take is from Sunderland Arge One. Uh, hi, Max. We are from Argentina, the official sports branch of Sunderland in Argentina. We want to ask you, since you've been at the club, which midfield player uh, are you most comfortable and enjoy playing with in the middle? It's one of them where, you know, each sort of midfield has got different qualities. Um, you know, I, I I really enjoy playing with cats. Um, but you know, I used to laugh and joke with them when I had this perception of of cats being a holding midfield. The, the, the times I played with cats last season, the amount of times it just take off and uh, the season before, sorry, it take off and run in the box. He converted himself from a sitting midfielder to I think he scored seven or eight goals that season. Um, so it was good to play with someone of that experience and his his know how. Um, you know, Grant Ledbetter is is a is a top four. Grant had a really good career and technically, you know, he is to, he's top draw. You see him in training. He he can still run sessions and, you know, Grant's had obviously off field sort of issues he's dealt with and you know we're all just made up to see him back. He's come back really fit and, you know, he's in good spirits. So. Um, I'm sitting on the fence a little bit. I don't really want to no, single anyone out. It's tough to single else. someone out. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's tough because again, like I said, you you form different partnerships. Last season, I went through a spell with playing with Dobbo for for that that run we went on, and you know we we seemed to get a good understanding with the formation we were playing. We were there to sort of cover 
the wing backs do all the dirty work and hopefully the lads can excel up, up the higher end of the pitch. So um like I said, all a lot of us have got different qualities, so um I'm just gonna I'm not gonna single anyone out. <laughs> You tend to be getting the sitter role, really. I mean, watching the games, you're coming in between the centre-halves, taking the ball off them. You've got the, the diagonal, the range of passing and stuff. But on the other side, I've seen you over the years and you like to get forward. I mean, you scored a couple of crackers last year, Chef United, when at MK Dons, I think. Do you prefer that sitting one yourself now, would you say, or do you like to go and get involved as Cats sort of left you last season and bolted on a bit? Do you know what, Danny? I, you know, I'd be lying if I said I enjoyed sitting. Like, you know, I've still... Growing up, I always liked... Late runs into the box, shooting ten shots a game. If if ten went wide, I, I didn't care as long as that eleventh went in. Um, I think it was it wasn't until I went to to a sign for Wigan and Gary Caldwell sort of well, Gary Caldwell's my manager and he he liked to 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 play it as a sort of two sitters and you know I used to I, I, at that point sort of probably changing my game a little bit. Um, I, I do. I, I don't mind either side of the game. I do miss probably getting a bit a touch higher up, but a lot of the time on it, if it's it's sort of probably the, maybe the way the team sets up. You know, if especially with the formation we play now, it's important that we you know we've got two number tens. You know, it's it, it sometimes you know with wing backs high as well. You don't really want to vacate the middle of the pitch because especially at, at the stadium, at big pitch, it can it be, it can become very open. Um, but touching on that, Danny, I, you know, I had a chat with Steve Park and the assistant the other day, and we went through some clips, and you know, just at times getting that touch, probably five, ten yards higher up the pitch, so that um, you know anything that does come into the box, you know, you can get shots off. You know, I was disappointed in in my goal return last season when I first signed for for Sunderland. We were the first few games under Jack Ross. I'd sort of been given that license again to to get forward and sometimes cheat a little bit, not have to always get back over the halfway line and get a bit closer to the strikers. Um but a lot of the time then it you know, as a getting older, you know, you sort of have to listen to your manager. If that's the role they asked to play, you know, I, I'm happy to do any role for the team. I am a big team player, so if that's the role that's that's asked of me, I I'll I'll carry it out. So um Hopefully I can I can sneak a few more goals this season, do what Cat's done and just leg it. <laughs> Pull the trigger. <laughs> um, we move on to the next fan question, if that's all right, Max. Uh, this one's from at Dan underscore Humphrey one, who asks, what's going on with your bonnet? Oh, I know. Do you know what? I'm getting absolutely peppered with it at the moment. Um, do you know what it was? During lockdown, it was obviously the start of lockdown. Everyone got a pair of clippers, didn't they? And, and there was shaved heads everywhere. Um, you know, to be fair, if me, me granddad who's passed away a good few years ago now, he was in his seventies. I'll, I'll have to try and dig out a picture of him. He still had long, long hair down to here in his seventies. So we, I have got the potential to really to, to get a good mop of hair. So I don't think I'm gonna ever go bald. Um, my dad's in his fifties now, and he's got a big thick head of hair. So to be honest, Frankie, there was there's nothing behind it. It was just a case of letting it grow and. I'm just, I'm not that, I'm not that fussed about it, to be honest. If anything, the more people keep telling me to get a cut, it's making me more reluctant and I'm just going to keep growing it. <laughs> it's not because you're in that sitting role, mate, is it? Now you think you're Perlo and you've got the old tub of Vaseline on it and slick it back. Uh, I, I don't think I could uh, bring the Perlo shout out, and I don't think I'm quite, maybe I'll have to change the name. Um, but you know what, it's, 
I, I don't mind taking it off people with good heads of hair. It's when people who are bald keep telling me to get my hair cut. I just think yeah. it's, it's jealousy. jealousy. It's jealousy. Yeah. Haters, mate. Uh, just, just stand on that, though. Is anyone in the dressing room use a lot of products on their hair? Who's, who's the worst for their hair? Obviously, you've touched on Charlie White. Now he's got new hair. But, you know, I've got, at times, especially when I play, I've sort of, if you see it, if it was me, you can't see it because I'm thinking, but it's just a big mop. But when I play, I've sort of got to slick it back, otherwise it goes in your eyes. Um, yeah. So at the moment, I've got quite a bit of product on when I'm playing. If anyone lit a match near me, with that much hairspray <laughs> on me, I could go up. And um, if, Dobbo's, if Dobbo's in there with you, mate, he likes it slicked back. And yeah, all yeah. Some product in that centre <laughs> midfield. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of hairspray in the middle of the pitch. Um, who else? <laughs> to be fair, Char- like I said, that touching on Charlie, he's managed to use a bit of wax and gel for the first time since he was probably about 13. So he's got a bit of product as well. All right, we'll move on to the next question, Max. And this one comes from Hayden Potts, who says, uh, what has been your best moment while at Sunderland so far? Best moment? Um, I look back at my first goal against Scunthorpe and, you know, it was the first time I'd, I'd sort of played in front of a home crowd that big, and you know, to, to score and then... To have that feeling, it, 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 there's always it's always a great feeling when you score a goal. But to to see the place erupt as it did, and that was that was something I'll always hold dear. Um, I think away from football, I, I think one of the probably the best moments. And I think if you ask any of the lads who were in the squad during this time, um, was the obviously we I know we lost the Checker Trade final and penalties to Portsmouth, but we got off the train at King's Cross, and there was obviously thousands of fans inside the inside the train station and outside them just through the sheer size of the building and the noise when we got off the train it was like a huge eruption and it was like wow you know you, you sort of you know you play for a big club but when that happened it was like oof, your goosebumps you think wow this is you are playing for a special club and then again like I said you you know you come out at Wembley during the warm-up and um, obviously the the wise man song come on and you, uh, yeah it's you know, it's you realise what sort of club you play for in that moment. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say them two moments were the best. Uh, and the worst, if you're going to follow that up, the worst, obviously the, the the obviously the collective moments of the red cards was a was a tough time because I'd gone from playing two hundred odd games without ever receiving a red card to receive three in five games. I was thinking, wow, so, someone's really. So have I upset someone here? What you know what I mean? You're looking at that bad luck. Um, but obviously, to the penalty defeat to Portsmouth was a blow, and then you know the playoff final. I've not really ever sort of spoke to anyone about it. I've tried to sort of lock it away. I, it was actually on during lockdown, a replay of the game, and I've never watched it back because um, you know obviously getting injured as well in a playoff final uh, you know I couldn't believe me luck um, did you know instantly that you had to go off when, when you were well, you know so early I, on like I said I, it was the first time during lockdown I'd watched the game back because I genuinely didn't realise how early I got injured it was 27 after 27 yeah. seconds my day was done I, I got obviously the collision was after 27 seconds and I watched I know I hobbled I, I knew I had, I'd hobbled around for I think it was 10 minutes. I come off just after 10 minutes, and but I knew after the collision I was done. But I was just pr- I was thinking, this is good. Hopefully, I'll be able to run it off. It was actually too, like, if, if I, after watching the collision back, um, I 
sort of got diagnosed with not diagnosed, but the 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 club doctor and the physios thought I was concussed as well, and um, because you know the collision was it was a whack to the head, and it was it was just the way I fell on my ankle. Obviously, I'd done my ligaments really bad, um, so it was just a bit of a blur. I just remember running around for ten minutes, praying that the ankle was going to ease off, and it never. Uh, it was just getting worse. There was one pass, I think. I tried to play a pass and it was like a sickening. It was it was so painful and sickening. I think I, and at that point, watching it back, I just sat down and I just thought, <laughs> it was everything was flooding back during that lockdown. Watching it, I thought, you know, that this season I'd, I'd been through so much in terms of like the red cards and then trying to get back to good form. I had a dip in form. Come back. I, I felt as if I'd finished the season strongly. Got back on the side. I fancied us in the playoffs, um, and then to get injured in the final and not even be able to have an impact on the game, and then to sit there and lose it with the last kick of the game. You know, it was just one blow after another. So I'd say, yeah, that was a that was a tough day. You were, um, I think, you were replaced by Lewis Morgan, weren't you, when you came off? He was on, recently spoke on a podcast about that incident and said he was his head really wasn't in it. He didn't really want to come on. He wasn't a, a particularly. I mean, he wasn't very kind of, in fact, about his his time at Sunderland. How do you feel about that? Do you know what, Frankie? It's uh, again going back nowadays. It's social media plays such a a big part in football, and I just think I think while while you're playing, for me personally, I think it's. And I don't know what you you feel on this, Danny. I think while you're playing, it's I sort of not you. You sort of think the good players just go under the radar, just go about the business, train, play. Social, you know, I'm not going to sound like a hypocrite. I use Instagram and and Twitter and stuff like that. It is it can it can be tools that are used in the right way. And obviously now podcasts podcasts like this uh, are becoming a more and more common thing. Um, for me. I think while you're playing, I I don't under I I didn't understand why Morgie come out and said some of the things he did for me, you know, you know to to, to come I I don't understand why lads would he's come out and said that he wasn't in the right frame of mind he didn't want to come on, you know if I'm a manager reading that further down the line I just think you you leave yourself open to to maybe, you know that could hamper a move in the in the in the future you know if a manager. A manager listened to that and go, well, do you know what? Maybe that's not the kind of character I want. You know what? I don't know. Morgie was a nice lad. He, he wasn't a bad lad around the training ground, anything like that. He was a talented lad as well. Um, but for me, you know, he, he was as part of that squad as, as anyone. You know, the, ultimately, we, we failed. And that's the black and white of it. We didn't get promoted. So um, I think sometimes, you know, it disappointed me some of the things he said about cats and, you know, I wasn't. I'm not a big fan of some of the things he said, but you know, like I said, he's got his own agenda. Um, you know, again, he's bringing stuff up that maybe you know he probably shouldn't. But people will have their views on that. Um, maybe because he's you know he he's gone over to America. You know, it can be sort of out of sight, out of mind type of thing. But I imagine at some point in his career, he's still young enough to come back and to come back and play in, in obviously England, maybe Scotland. So. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of some of the things he said, but each to their own. Probably just a bit, him, bit naive, I think, wasn't he? You know, he's probably gone on there not knowing what questions are going to get fired at him, and it's sort of coming out before he's thinking about it. Really, he's probably come off after he's done the uh, the episode and. 
probably thought oh, maybe I shouldn't have said one or two of those things. But I say say yeah, I just, I, I just personally done it. I felt it was a bit disrespectful. I mean, you're commenting on Lee Catamol who's had ten years in the Premier League. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you're making yeah. comments about it. I know he, I know he did say he was a clever player and stuff. And I get it was a bit of, you know, the lad who who was taking the podcast was trying to goad things out of him. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he said a few things about Luke Nine reads you know, I just didn't understand it. He, he while he was at the club he was he was good mates with Luke. You know, they they spent a lot of time together, so I don't know, you know, he, he, like I said, Danny, each to their own. Um like I say it's it's not my sort of it's not my cup of tea. Um and I wasn't like I said again, you know, I wasn't too happy with some of the things he said. I just thought it was a bit disrespectful. But again, like you said, I'm a bit naive and you know, maybe after it, probably thought mm, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Final, final one from from the fans now, Max. If that's all right, uh, it's from Hazza M two thousand and two. Who says, which was your favourite goal out the one you scored against Sheffield United and MK Dons? I'd say MK Dons because you know, again, going back to what I said before against Scunthorpe, you know, when you when you scored the stadium light and it and it erupts, it, it is such a great feeling um, as well because you know I'm a passionate lad. I like to play sort of on the edge and you know I understand how much it means to the fans as well regardless of what division this club's in you know it, there's no better feeling than winning games and yeah I, I'd say I'd say the, the MK Dons are home Got a couple here Frank I'll just knock them up a few friendly ones that I'd, I'd clocked on there. obviously I'm not on Twitter but I'd seen one or two uh, Initiation Song Choice Max what's your song your go-to song if you're up on the chair When I signed for, when I signed for Wigan I sang Bob Marley Um Three Little Birds I sang. Um, did you, yeah? But then when I signed for Sunderland, where was it? What did I sing? I think I I, I did, yeah. I sang Elton John, I'm Still Standing. At the time, um, for some reason, I'd had his album on my phone and um, I think, actually, I'd actually seen him. Um, I'd been to Vegas that summer. We got, for, uh, I had a really good tour. We'd, we got promoted with Wigan, so I had four days there with the lads celebrating promotion and then me missus flew out. Um, so, because I'd like to... Uh, I don't know if you've been to Vegas, and I wanted to do the other side of it as well, sort of like restaurants, few shows and stuff. And Elton John was on at the time, so he was quite fresh in the um, in the mind at the time. So yeah, I sang "I'm Still Standing" at Sunderland. You like your music, don't you, Max? Yeah, uh, I do you like often music, put on yeah. what you're listening to on Instagram and stuff like yeah. that. And uh, sometimes I've, I've followed that to try and get your your players' choice when I do the match day playlist inside inside the stadium. What are you listening to at the moment, or what what do you what do you go back to? What do you always listen to? Any at the particular moment, bands? I don't know. What, do you know the the lad? Uh, Jamie Webster is called Scouser. Um, Max, I, I interviewed him this week for my radio programme, Top Lad. Did you? Yeah, oh, but, no, well, obviously he's just released his album, hasn't he? Um, yeah. I actually put one of his songs on before the game yesterday um, and it went yeah. down quite well. So, um, yeah, at the moment I'm listening to Jamie Webster. Obviously, being a Liverpool fan, you know, he's, I think he's been a, obviously a big, you know, part of the last two years. Obviously, he's been in all the fan parks yeah. singing the Liverpool songs and he's just released his first album. So, uh, I think it's always nice to see, you know, someone making the way as well, regardless of what industry they're in. I want to, I hope he does well, and like I said, that's on in the car at the moment. Yeah, and there was also the a period of time as well when was it you and Katz had that uh, Anne Lee two times track <laughs> yeah. as well. You would often blast yeah. that. What was behind the story of that track? Was it because he scored those couple of goals? Do you know what he scored? At, um, it was Wimbledon away, wasn't it? I just signed, yeah. and. Um, Funny enough, I don't know why he had a car at the ground. Catch was one of them. He could be, 
he probably had something planned back home, a night out or something, so he didn't get back on the coach after the game. But I jumped in the car with him on the way home, and we were just having a bit of a bit of crack in the car, and obviously he'd scored too, and that's that song come on, and he, do you know what? It was it was a bit surreal because obviously for me, obviously I'd I'd watched cats on the the TV for years, and you know it was obviously I'd signed for Sunderland, and we just we we got on really well straight away, and. We, like I said, that was all it was. It was a car journey home. That tune was on. He looked, he liked it. So, um, and we were both obviously we were on a high because we'd won. So, yeah, that was it. And then it, it it just sort of stuck. So, well, any songs you want on the match day playlist, let me know, Max. Yeah, and I'll sort it out for you. Another one for you, Max. Uh, um, obviously, you've just touched on you're a Liverpool fan, so I probably know the answer to this one. But who's your football idol when you were growing up? You know, it, it's obviously, obviously, I always say Stevie G. Um, I'm sure you played against them, Dan, and come yeah. up against them. I just think, yeah. for me, you know, there's always debates about Gerard Lampard, Scholes, and my, my obviously my always biggest argument for Gerard would be that he was probably in, you know, weaker sides than them lads played in. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've come up for me. I just thought he could always he could do everything. Yeah, Dan, like he was, he could yeah. tackle, passing range. Goals. Um, I just thought for years he and, and to ca- sort of when you talk about playing for a club of Sunderland size, Danny as well. He sort of carried that weight of a city for his whole career, um, to, and obviously to deal with that as well. Um, I, you know, I, I, he's he's out on his own for me. I mean, I, uh, I, I agree, mate. Yeah, I think. Um... You know, I'm neutral on it. I sort of support Liverpool, but yeah, I've played against you know, your Lampards, Gerard Scholes could zing a ball everywhere and that. But I think, as you say, Stevie seems to be, have that knack of being able to to pick Liverpool up from nothing, didn't he? And carry him and win a game on his own in a way. And he, he had all the tools and everything. And for me, he's the best centre mid that's played in the Premier League. Yeah, I think as well. I seen something the other day. There was there was a there was a debate going on about Gerard Scholes and like and again. I think sometimes, obviously, people will always say mention the Premier League and not winning it. But if you look at actual Gerard's sort of like personal accolades, he was named in European teams every year. Um, you know, I think his personal stuff compared to Lampard. This is me getting sticking the knife in Lampard and uh, skulls a little bit. But I think Gerard had a lot more personal accolades than them too. So that's my argument yeah. anyway. Yeah. No. Who would you say the um, the best player you've ever played against was, Max? Well, I was looking. I played against Gerard in um, a pre-season friendly, but he was he didn't get out of first gear, and I was a bit I was at Tramir at the time. I was uh, I was only like seventeen, so I was just probably I'd like to actually look that back. I'm sure I probably just stared at him for forty five minutes watching him. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, best player playing. Uh, we have. Best player I've played, so we, again, I go back to another pre-season friendly, I managed to play against Coutinho and he was just like, wow, you know, so clever. Yeah. Um, I think one, which is like, again, Danny, this would probably be someone you've played against over the years. I played, when I was 18 at Tramia, we played Stoke in a, a cup game and Stephen Ireland played in the number 10 role and honestly, I was like, just fresh on the scene, just played and I was like, right, Buzzing to play against the you know Premier League side, and I couldn't believe how good he was. He was, and you hear stories over the years. People speak about Stephen Ireland and, and say how good he was. He was so clever, and like one minute, I I always remember one example. I thought well, I'm marking him here, and I looked, and in, in that split second, he'd gone, and I was like, he he was, and and he picked, he, he just picked up loads of great positions. 
Yeah. Um, I th- did you play with no, him, Danny, at Stoke? I, no, I, he was after my time at Stoke. I played against him when he was at Man City, I think, under Mark Hughes. He might have been there. Um, but as you say, he got into that team when they were sort of... Uh, Robinho's and all them were coming into the team, I think, at City. And as you said, I don't think he's perhaps gone on to have the career he should have done because he must have certainly had some somewhat about him, as you said, getting into that City team and never really kicked on, did he, to, to go and do it. But yeah, as you've mentioned it, and I've spoke to other lads and they all... Say what you know, even in training sessions, of what a good, talented player he was. Like that, so it's just yeah. I just thought that was that was one that just sort. Of, it's easy to obviously playing against in the cup games. Obviously, we when we were at um, obviously Wigan, we we knocked Man City out of the FA Cup. Um, Griggy scored that night as well. So that was that was a that was a great night, and that was again a story about Paul Cook. It was funny he come in. And obviously, before games, he'd write the team up, and you know he had his sort of back to the room, and you could see him write like he was writing the names up. And when he moved out the way, we see it, we we expected it doesn't matter what team City put out, but we expected so, a so-called weakened side, but did come full strength. And Cookie was just like, lads, I can't help you. He just burst out laughing and walked out the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who was, in, who was in the middle of the pot that night for him? Then who did they have out there? Well, they had David Silver played, and he was another one where you just in the same sort of what you're saying about Stephen Ireland about yeah you look at David Silver Danny and you think right because of his sort of size and stature you think right I'll try and you can get, get amongst on top him, like. of him a little bit and give him a, yeah. you could never never ever get close enough to, to, to tackle him because whenever you did go close he, he was he was someone who was sort of you look, you watch him play over the years he's three steps ahead of probably most on the pitch yeah, and then De Bruyne actually come on that night. He come on as a second half sub, and that was like a that was like a oof. He come on, he whipped the ball in with his right foot one minute, and then he was on the other side and he whipped the ball in with his left foot, and you were like, yeah. Jesus, this player, this like you yeah. can play. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the players yeah. I mentioned there were top yeah. draw. And I was going to say De Bruyne. Just think, obviously De Bruyne, and now he's getting right up there, isn't he? He's he's different class with his ability on the ball. Yeah, I think yeah, he's. For someone who could, it's just when we were, you make them comparisons. Then when you talk about like Elliot Embleton, for instance, earlier when when lads can go off both feet, that's when you know they're like real talent and top draw. He can shoot off. It doesn't matter whether you show him on his left or his right. You know he can pull the trigger off either side. So. Yeah, I think I'd love to see him in a Liverpool shirt, but I don't think that's going to happen. Danny, just while we're talking about this, you've probably played against some very famous uh, Premier League strikers in in your time. Who was the best you played against then? Uh, I'd probably, Henri for me, um, played against him a couple of times when he was at Arsenal. And I think for me, and you can look at Shearer's record, played against Shearer in one of the derbies at our place, but... uh, Henri, I think, had everything. Again, you know, you're touching on Stevie G for Liverpool, but Henri, you know, his pace, his touch, he could finish. Everything about him, you know. Um, so I go for him and, and Van Persie. More often than not, seemed to seem to get the better of us in the Premier League when he was at Arsenal as well. So uh, yeah, I'd go for I'd go for one of them too, to be fair. And Ronaldo, a couple of times at Ronaldo at Old Trafford, had a couple of encounters against him. But uh, no, I'd, I'd go for Henri as a striker. And just on Henri as well, have any of you seen that Anelka documentary on? Yeah, Netflix? I've just I've recently watched that. Yeah, because Anelka, you, you don't realise how much uh, like well you do. Obviously, he was a top player, but when you look back. You know, like I didn't realise what had gone on when he was at PSG. So I didn't realise how young he'd he'd broke on the scene because obviously I went. Mm. I remember being a, obviously being a Liverpool fan. I remember watching Anelka little. Obviously had that spell at Liverpool, and he done really well. And it was interesting to see during his during that documentary saying that he'd have loved to have stayed at Liverpool. But 
for one reason or obviously Gerard I think it was Gerald Hulia, wasn't it? Didn't, Gerard Hulia, yeah. Didn't um didn't pursue it, which was obviously he, he he seems a bit of a maverick, doesn't he? You know, if he's not happy he could uh, he, if he doesn't get his own way type thing, you can say he was um he was he stuck to his morals and his beliefs, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He scored a good goal for Chelsea against us, and I think Danny might might have been in that you know side what? actually. We, Funny you yeah, said he did, that. Mate, yeah, I um, that, yeah. When, yeah. Well, when he when I was watching that the other day, I could see Grant in the background. We I, we were t- yeah. we were chatting about that the other day. He said he, even and Grant he said he, you know Anelka was top draw. Like you re, you realise when you obviously come up against them lads, how obviously good the players they are. Yeah, absolutely right. We're, we I'm conscious of time here, uh, lads. So um, we're going to do Danny's um, quiz now uh, because during lockdown, Danny Collins has been a bit of a, um, a whiz on the lockdown quizzes with his family and friends and stuff like that. Uh, and he's got, he's got, some, got about five questions prepared for you now, Max. During the course of the season on Unfiltered, we're going to try and find out who's the brains in the squad and who maybe isn't the brains in the squad. Um, are you ready for this, yeah. Max? Yeah, I've got, um, I've got... Don't worry, I've not got Google set up here. Like, <laughs> trying to get the questions, get the answers. Right. No so. cheating, no cheating. <laughs> yeah. no cheating. Go on then, Danny. So obviously, yeah, we, we fired Chrissy Maguire a couple of weeks ago. Um, bit sluggish out the blocks, Chrissy. Two out of five, so lowest bar to, to work with first up but we'll see how you go mate so this I feel very nervous now because if I knowing Chrissy if I can't if I can't be him in a quiz there's something wrong <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually quite nervous okay now. mate right you ready question number one how many different scoring zones are there on a standard dartboard four what was the is that right bullseye green black oh no, no. five <laughs> no, well, no, it's actual, actual zones where the darts can land. How many scoring zones are the different areas? Oh, sorry, I thought you meant, you know, whether you landed in the bullseye, the green bit, the black bit. Oh, darts, jeez. Um, 1 to 20, isn't it? Plus the green, plus the... 22? Oh, no, I'm miles off. I'm miles off here. <laughs> I've not had a good start, yeah. But what you gone for there, mate? What's your number you give me? So, right, scoring zone. So is this where the dart can actually land? Yes, in between all the wire on the board, how many different scoring areas or zones are there on a dartboard? I have to put a time limit on these, Danny. He's <laughs> got steam coming out of his ears here, look. Come on, we need a number. 82. 82 is correct, yeah. Twenty. Well done. Guys. Do you know well what? Done. It was just, I didn't understand the question at first, so you've yeah, got to give me that yeah. one. I'll let you off for yeah, that one. Yeah. 82, correct, yeah. Right, number two. Which chocolate bar's logo features a bear stood in front of the Matterhorn Mountain? I'm struggling here as well here. I'm playing along. And obviously, play along at home if everyone's listening, in, or maybe in the car, on your run. I've got no idea. I'm trying to think what the Matterhorn Mountain is. I don't even know what it is. I can't picture it. It's not like I'll have, to, I'll have to have a guess, eh? Um, no, I don't even know. Don't You're gonna know. pass. I'm trying to think. You have a stab. I'm trying. I'm just going through process of elimination here, and I can't. Nothing spring into mind. Now I'm gonna have to pass. Oh, uh, a topic. Uh, <laughs> That's the only one. A topic. No, I like topics, mate. But it's not a topic. It's uh, <laughs> Toblerone. You know the Toblerone. Ah, oh, I'd have never got that. Right, moving on. Number three, who is the owner of Facebook? Oh, I know his name. I've watched it. I've watched the movie recently, Social Network. It's not Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my, I know. Oh, this is going to do my head in. Come on, you can do this. I know this one. Uh, oh, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Mark Zuckerberg. Boom. There you go. Mark Zuckerberg, correct. There you go. So. 
Well done. Question, question number four. Who carried the Olympic torch into the stadium at the London 2012 Olympic Games? I forgot. Phone a friend. 50 <laughs> 50. I've got no <laughs> idea yet. Um, any clues? Is it like a. Was it. Oh, shock it. Was it a celebrity? He's a big old fella. Big fella. Won a few golds. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Um, I'm, like, I'm after Zimmer now, yeah, and I've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, nah, pass. Sorry, I don't have a clue. Oh, oh, it's the rower. Is it a rower? Yeah, I, I can picture him, but I can't. I don't know his name. Ah, do you know what? My missus used to row as well when she was younger. She'll know oh, who it is. There's your 50-50 there, mate. Get her ask the audience. Is she not yeah, there? Yeah, I was going to say, I could, I could cheat, but they're in another room somewhere. Oh, so. right, right. <laughs> oh, God. Right, I'll, it's uh, I'll pass. Steve Redgrave. I'm disappointed at that, because I know who he is, but... Right, okay, mate, last one. Am I on two? So I need to get this, don't I? You need this need one, mate, you do, yeah. Chrissy, don't I? Right, in a deck of playing cards, what do all of the queens have in their hand? I bet you play cards on the bus with the lads and all, yeah? On the yeah. way trips. Yeah, I, I, do like, I do like getting in the cards. Um... I'm sc- I'm scanning the kitchen here to see. Do you know what? I've I've literally moved out yesterday. I'm thinking it, hopefully I've just lost <laughs> there's any somewhere. cards lying about. Um, blah. Oh, a, a spear. <laughs> a, to- a torch or a spear? So I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a clue. Flowers, mate. Flowers. They've all got a flower in their hand. Yeah. Have they? Yeah. I quite enjoyed that. It's going to haunt you, that one. That Ply- Plymouth away, that one, mate. Seven hours on the bus, that's going to haunt you now. That's going to, yeah, yeah. Every time, yeah. I'll always remember that now every time I see a queen. Two out of, t- two out of five, mate. Joint top of the leaderboard as a plus point. You and Chrissy. Joint top's not bad at the moment, yeah. Do you know what? I'd never have got the Toblerone because Toblerone, for me, is one of them chocolates that you just... When you em- when you empty the cupboard and it's been in there since, like, Christmas and it's like, there's not an else in, it's like, right... Yeah, like right now I'll have a piece of Toblerone. Um, <laughs> Steve Redgrave, I should have got. I should have got. I'm disappointed with that one. Uh, and then the the Queen, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have got that one. Who, who's likely to Who's likely to be top of the leaderboard, Max? At the end of the season, who are you going for? Who's going to be up there? It would have been Duncan. It would have been Duncan. Duncan it would have been Duncan. What more? Um, Duncan, honestly, <laughs> touching. He knew everything about everything. What a guy he was. Um, now, oh. See, Chrissy Maguire reckons it probably Luke 09, maybe, bit of a school teacher, is he? Yeah, or? yeah, I'd have to say Luke, Luke's, Luke's, Luke thinks he's clever. <laughs> he, he, has, he has got a booking answer. He, there'd be a bit of pressure on him. Cha, Char, Chaz wouldn't, Charlie White, no. Gucci, possibly Gucci. Gucci's quite bright. But other than that, I don't know. Then our, our new goalie, Remy, just, just strikes me as someone who could be quite clever. You know, just by, you know, just... I've not. We've not obviously only had a few days, in, but you know, not sometimes goalies can have that sort of like they are different. Strange breed, aren't they? Strange breed. Yeah, strange breed. Yeah. So maybe a goalie. Reading some yeah. strange books on the coach and that. Right. Okay, mate. Well done. Two out. Two out of five. Anyway, so we're average. Average for the course. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how the we'll see how the rest of the squad get on then during the season. Then Max, uh, we're almost done here on the podcast, but uh, obviously, uh, want to get your final thoughts on the on the se- season ahead. Then Max, uh, have you set any personal goals? At- maybe a goals target or a league position you you want to achieve this season yeah i mean i think um you know it's you can't hide away from the fact that promotion has been the aim since i've come here and it's still the aim obviously it's like i said earlier you know i'm in the final year of my contract i want to 
get promoted and hopefully, you know, I'd love to be here for, for many years to come. Um, so that's the aim for me. Um, you know, in terms of personal stuff, you know, I just, you know, stay on top of performance level. And now I, we touched on it, I'm coming into sort of the senior sort of years where I'm a bit older, if I can help young lads come through with that, you know, I'm really excited to see, you know, it was a nice feeling yesterday seeing Dan Neil come on and do well. I hope he has a really good impact this season without building him up too much um, and putting pressure on him. But, you know, like I said, you ask any player in the squad, everyone knows what the goal's got to be. Um, so hopefully, you know, come May, we can finally have something to, to, um, to celebrate. And have you got a message to those fans who, you know, normally you'd be walking out of in front of next week, but probably won't be getting in for at least a month or so yet? Have you got a message to those Sunderland fans uh, while they are not allowed in the stadium and obviously will be still following the side? Yeah, I mean, like I say, at the moment, it's still a case of, of making, you know, we look as if we're in a good period of recovery in terms of the coronavirus, so it's, but it's just important, obviously, everyone stays safe. Um, and it'd just be a message from us that, you know, we're training really hard every day. We understand frustration of not getting promoted in recent years, and we'll we'll give everything we can. Um, you know, there's a a real good group of honest lads who wanna who wanna do well, and um, we'll continue to give everything. You know, until the you know return to the game, and I'm sure it'll be a nice you know it'll be a nice reunion once we get the the fans back of the stadium. Hopefully, at that point, we've had a good start to the season, and. and and then getting them fans back on the ground will be a huge lift and an added bonus for us to, to drive us on for the rest of the season. So that was Sunderland player Max Power here on the SAFC Unfiltered podcast. Again, great to be able to uh, speak to another first-team player here on the pod, Danny. And he spoke really well, as has the, you know, the predecessors before him as well from the first team. And he's you know, very hungry to get promoted, as, you know, as was Chris Maguire and Bailey Wright we spoke to on, on other episodes. But he was very honest, wasn't he, about you know, that, that first season and where he is now from where he was then, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. And, um, you know, as we touched on before he came on with us, um, you know, he, he knows now he's been here long enough. He said there he's living in the area. He knows what it means to the fans to, you know, to, to play for this club and to, to certainly try and get us back up into the, the championship and go from there. Um, so I thought he spoke well throughout. He was honest, as you say. Um, and, he, you know, he's looking forward to, to getting getting going again next season. You can see that. And he was, he was obviously disappointed with how last season finished off. And, um, he's, you know, he seems raring to go as, along with the other boys. And, uh, you know, hopefully they can get a good start and get out the blocks you know, it's a nice sort of build-up game again next week. It's not the be-all and end-all against Hull next week, but it's you know, it's another sort of step. You want to be winning these games and and to go from there and build up ready for the for the Bristol Rovers game uh, the following weekend. Yeah, and he got a two out of five on your quiz. Mm. So that you know, the two people we've taken it out on already, um, not very you know convincing. Yeah. Uh, in the general knowledge, Danny, are, are your questions too hard for them? Maybe, or I think you've got to keep it at the same bar, don't you? <laughs> I think so. I don't think they are too too hard to be honest, Frank. Um, I, again, it's a quiz. Yeah. If they're only easy when you know the answers, I suppose. And <laughs> uh, you know, it's, been, it's not been the case. You know, out the pair of them, you know, what four out of ten so far? So. Uh, I'll have to I'll have to look at the questions and see what we're see what we're firing across. But um, you know it's interesting. He was a, he was a bit annoyed there with the old Steve Redgrave one. You could see that. But uh, you know we'll we'll go from there. We'll see who we get up next, and then see if they can get three at least. <laughs> 
Uh, we've got some good fans questions as well so we would like to encourage you to constantly get in touch with us on social media as well Uh, tell us who you would like to hear from on the next podcast and keep those questions coming in as well we're not sure who we're going to get on the next podcast Danny but maybe we can do some kind of preview to the season speak to some familiar voices around the club and look ahead to um, what well the first proper game is against Hull but the first proper proper game isn't until uh, a few days after that as well so hopefully you'll hear from us before then uh danny are you, are you busy doing anything in the football world before then yourself are you you busy uh doing anything up here in the northeast um i'm not sure off the top of my head frankie i'll have to have a look at the diary this week and see what's happening um maybe a bit of total sport i'm not sure but uh just looking forward to as you say getting getting well certainly not back to the stadium but looking at the competitive games and and seeing how the lads go and, uh, you know, we'll get behind them and hopefully, as we say, we can hit the ground running and get off to a good start and just what you touched on there, you know, to the fans, keep the questions coming in. Good mixed bag, I thought, this week, what we got for for Max and... um, no, it's been good. I think the feedback's been pretty good so far from the fans and uh, we look forward to the next episode. It'd be good if we could uh, sneak in for that whole game, you know, for media purposes yes. only, you know what I mean? Yeah, we can. I'm sure we could uh, We could get in there, couldn't we? And have a, it'd be nice to see pitch side and see what's going on rather than watching on the on the telly. So we'll we'll see Frank, won't we? We'll try our luck. Yes. We can only try our luck. Yeah. Anyway. Right, we'll let you go then. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll see you next Thank time. Thank you. Cheers.